This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we close out our summer blockbuster series with the movie E.T. This is a story of wonder, how the impossible comes to what we think is ordinary and colors the whole world differently. We find that when the supernatural touches your life, the impossible manipulates the environment and changes everything. But if we allow ourselves to stop worrying and connect to a life of mystery, mess, and miracles, we find that the impossible becomes possible. Join us as we discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me in the room, five feet or less from me, Britt Mooney. Hey, Britt, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. We're not social distancing, right? I mean, we're, no, that's we're pretty over. close. We're in South Carolina, so they don't, they <laughs> they don't, don't care about that. <laughs> so yeah, so we are closing out our summer blockbuster series. We saved the best for last. We saved for E.T. Sure. Uh, and, and we... we we're going to talk all about this and how much we love this movie. But uh, my family and I came down to a lake in Anderson, South Carolina. It's on Lake Hartwell, one of the biggest lakes in the South. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's like halfway between Charlotte and Atlanta. Why don't you guys come up? And through all these circumstances, it ends up being Britt and his son, Micah. Micah's hanging out on the bed in this guest room. And uh, so we're here. We're, we're going to go out on the boat and maybe, maybe throw Micah. No. in his jeans probably not <laughs> my, my wife would probably not appreciate that your car Sitting might not appreciate <laughs> for an hour and a half it's only an hour and a half though i mean nice. it was like an hour and a half of a drive it really wasn't that bad it was really nice so it helps you're on the north on yeah, the other it side it'd be help. like four hours because yes, it would have atlanta is about a two-hour city <laughs> It, it is now. At least. <laughs> when I was younger, it wasn't because I'm old. But in, in the olden days, ye, in the ye olden days, you could get pretty much anywhere in Atlanta from anywhere else in suburban Atlanta in 45 minutes tops. Yeah. Now that's no. That's like 45 minutes is down the street. That gets now. you out of your neighborhood. That gets me out of <laughs> it. So here, we're here. We're wrapping up our summer blockbuster series. We've been talking about alien movies. We hit, what did we hit? We hit uh, Independence Day. We hit Aliens. Mm -hmm. We hit Men in Black. Yep. We did Avatar with Patrick. And now we're closing it out strong. Like I said, with the, one of the best movies, full stop. Yeah. Not that I'm going to full stop. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> one of the best movies we've probably ever done from a writing, creativity, the way they, they executed it. And because it's so well done, we don't have any clips today because this movie is all show. Don't tell moments. It's all visual. It's all uh, to a certain degree audio because of John Williams score, John Williams, his music told you what mm. to feel about certain scenes and certain people, just like he does with star Wars um, where, you know, in star Wars, each of the characters had their own theme music. It's Leia. Yeah. And, like, when Darth Vader, for sure. When characters entered the scene, music would play. So, you'd know that that colored your experience of them. And, and E.T. was just the same way. Well, and, and E.T. is Spielberg 
at his best, which basically means that's a pretty high bar considering the other stuff Spielberg's done. (laughs) And this really was the era, I would say, 10 to 15 years where Spielberg just like he he could almost do no wrong. I'm, you know, he could just take any story in any movie and put it through his ringer sort of thing. And, and he was always good at that sort of storytelling, you know, where, whether it was, and he loves aliens, by the way, (laughs) he really loves aliens. And, but whatever the movies he, he makes, he's not big into dialogue. Not that they don't have dialogue, but they're not dialogue heavy movies. They're, they really are show don't tell lighting visual. We're going to talk about the lighting and the and visuals were just so incredible. This is just, and it is one of the best movies that we've even done on the podcast easily, just because we've done some great movies that are, <laughs> but this is one of the perfect ones. This is one of those movies where you get to the end and as a writer and as you're really looking at it and analyzing it, you get to the end and you're like, when Harry met Sally or one of those, you're like, that's a perfect movie. They literally did not make one mistake in the whole movie. Right. Like that's just nothing. Yeah. They, they, cause so many movies have the narrative exposition and we've, you've heard us, me talking about this a lot lately, bugging me when I see it, when I don't see it in a movie, like this, where they're telling you what's going on. They're telling you how to feel where they're like, no, no, this is why I did this. I don't, I, you don't need that knowledge. And what you see is people just acting and you know how uh, the mom feels not by anything she says, but by how she acts by the fact that, you know, that that throw away, right. That throw away line by Ellie. It's like, Oh yeah. Dad's not here. Like, why don't you call your dad? He's in Mexico with Sally because their parents had just divorced and you see her reaction. She doesn't tell you how she felt. She shows you how she feels. And th- like you said, the other kids show like you idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> well, it gets really quiet. I mean, it's right. just all of those elements to that movie, uh, just how, like I said, they just, there's no mistakes in it. And, and it's well acted and it really doesn't have a lot of big stars in it. Like I know Drew Barrymore later becomes a right. star kind of probably in spite of this, considering all the, I mean, just the <laughs> right. challenge of, of being you know, Macaulay Hawkins, yeah. always the home alone kid. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, all the, the comes stuck. Like even Daniel Radcliffe's Terry Potter. Yeah. Well, he's weird Al now. I don't know if he's, he's weird Al. He's going to be weird Al on the weird Al <laughs> biopic in the weird Al movie. So. Which you want to do UHF. You just I do speaking of weird, weird Al, that might be the next movie we do. And, and for Spielberg, just the lighting and, and I'm just going to go, here's my hot take. Here's my first hot take. Hot take. Here's my first. You should have a hot take sound. The, I think he learned better how to do this when he made Jaws. So if you don't know the the story of Jaws is they had the mechanical shark and they were going to show the shark a lot, but then the shark broke. Like the mechanical shark broke down. It was looked terrible and it looked terrible. obviously fake. And so instead he had to get creative and just show the fin and use the music. And, and that ends up being more effective because you're, it's a little more visual. You have to see what everyone else is. That movie's reacting. why Micah's not jumping in the lake today. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, 
And all of that to say is, is you kind of see some of that same thing with ET, although he probably had the money for the special effects. He probably had any budget he wanted by the time he made ET, but you still like, just like what a great scene with just him and a ball and light coming from a shed. Like, what did you need? Like, it's just, that's so, but it was effective. And so it was just a a master at work. Yes. I mean, I watched this movie and I almost wanted to go back and watch it just to take notes of what he did and the effectiveness and how it told the story with precision and emotion. And one of the things we're going to start talking about sort of the, the depth and the layers of the movie here as a story, but this idea of wonder of childlike and told both from the Elliot's eyes, but also ET so many cool, especially the one where you're seeing from the ghost costume where you're, cameras actually looking through the eye holes but that idea of experiencing the world in childlike wonder again and i mean this movie this is one of the movies i remember seeing in the theater so my first two i remember empire strikes back and et apparently we're going in alphabetical order starting (laughs) (laughs) but i remember being in savannah at the mall and we go see it and i mean with those those two movies being the first ones I've saw, I saw, well, no wonder I love talking about movies. It's all downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) But that, and again, when we start looking at, well, how do we, how, how does this movie draw us closer to God? Where do we see truth in this movie? And it's one of the things we've talked about, I think through this blockbuster series of reawakening the wonder, even going back to Sandlot, childlike wonder, this enjoyment of simple things of the sensual pleasures, you know, whether it's looking up at a starry sky or playing catch or having s'mores or jumping in the lake or just having fun for fun's sake, for play's sake. And that's that in each of the three kid characters, you see that wonder and excitement and just simple joy. Right. Well, it's, it's the impossible being revealed within a world of just what you think is ordinary, you know, and, but it colors everything differently now. Like just this one impossible thing happening now changes your whole perspective on everything. And that is the gospel, by the way. But we we might be talking about how the impossible enters in and changes our story. <laughs> but, but and just to kind of go back just for a quick second on the light aspect of this movie, I, I think there's a lot of symbolism with how Spielberg used light. He he was very intentional. There was as shadows and where the light's coming from and who's who's in the light. Like I just remember there was one scene where Elliot literally comes up to a lamp and makes a statement, but like he's looking up into the light when he makes, it was almost like this awakening moment that he had, but you see that throughout the film where there's darkness and then where's the light coming from? What does the light symbolize and coming into, you know, awareness and, and the big reveal of, of seeing ET was by a flashlight and it goes from dark to immediate light. And I just think there were, there were a lot of sim- symbols within that. I think Spielberg was also using that 
tool to help us to get into the movie. So there's, cause music is one thing, visuals, another, and, and that's what a great filmmaker does is uses all of those tools to bring you into a story and, and you're feeling things and you're engaged in something and you're even learning things. You may not even be realizing why is this affecting me so much? Because you could call it manipulative if you want, but this is just using all of those tools to bring that story to life. And, and so light was one of those ways that he right. did that, but it is a, it is a story of wonder. It is a story. This come some moments where there's a little scariness to it here and there, but it is a story of wonder, like that Peter Pan element that they talk about in the, in the actual script. And she's reading to, she's reading Peter Pan to Gertie, the, yeah. the little girl. So that's pretty obvious nod where they're flying in front of the moon and the whole thing. It's a pretty obvious nod for Peter Pan, but, but that's what Peter Pan is about, right? Wonder. Like if it's not just a story, you can fly, you can now be a part of an adventure and that's a big part of it. Well, and that's a, I mean, that's a great question. Look at this movie is when you talk about Peter Pan, and I think specifically when you look at Elliot, of this resistance to growing up is because of the assumption of what growing up means. Good. And growing up in his world is like, no, it's boring. It's job. It's paying bills. It's you know, yard work and fixing the house. And if that's what yard work does, and for Elliot, his yard work or his, his, his problem. And it's interesting when you see, as we start overlaying some of the, the gospel messages that we see in this movie, Elliot's lost his father, basically the, all the kids have, but we're seeing this movie primarily through. And he, his dad is in Mexico with Sally and he hates Mexico. Why is he there? And, but then see that feeling of abandonment, of not knowing his place in the world of wanting, you know, I thought it was such a powerful scene when he dressed E.T. up in his dad. Again, show, don't tell. He's showing that Elliot is now attaching to E.T. in a father. Like he sees him sort of filling that hole that his father had when he left. Which again, if we're talking about how does this apply to us, we all have these father-shaped holes in our hearts, in our lives, because we look around, we're, we're going around. Even if you had a great physical father, we're all, that's always plan B. Plan A is our heavenly father, who we couldn't actually get to without Jesus, mm. which is the story of the gospel, which is really what we're going to be diving into Forty-five minutes or so. Is that, maybe. All, is that all we got? Yeah. I, is it not going to be a part one and part two? Like it depends like on how Shawshank? long we talk. <laughs> well, and one of the really important things to get into is it is such a story of wonder, and if we're going to talk about the impossible reaching into our world and what that does to us, you know, I I've said for a long time this is how God showed it to me or, or kind of revealed it to me is this is why stories of the impossible are important because that gives us hope. We need hope. We, we live. I don't know what you're talking about. This is, this <laughs> world is a bright, shiny, hopeful place. <laughs> it's so nice to each other all the time. <laughs> the, 
you know, you have Elliot's a middle kid. Like they Spielberg just throws Elliot under every bus. Like he's getting picked on at school. He he's doesn't do well in yeah. school. You're like, no, you can't play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> he can't even play Dungeons and Dragons. Like even like Oh, we didn't even talk about the connection with Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not even going to get into that. But he's the middle, he's a middle child. He's fatherless. You know, they're not necessarily wealthy. He's not, he's not popular. Yada, 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 yada. They just keep throwing him under the bus. And his life is not one of hope necessarily. It's just getting the pizza and then getting, you know, now he's given a hard time for just getting a pizza. Like they're setting it up, but here's what a story of wonder does by the end of the movie. Those problems are forgotten. Not, it's not because the problems don't exist, but when the mom looks at her son hugging ET, she's not thinking about where the guy is. It, 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 that's what, that's what, that's what the gospel does. That's why we, that's why we got to talk about the gospel. I'm not saying we don't enter into people's lives where they are, but we have to talk about the impossible as possible because what it doesn't mean that our problems aren't real What that, but it puts our problems in the proper perspective. Like, Oh, now we can be a part of a bigger story. Like that means something. It, it doesn't mean that it still doesn't hurt that the dad left. It just, it just means that, but now I get to be a part of something even bigger. And, 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 and you, you see that throughout the movie and you mentioned it, how, how it brought people together, but it really was that awe and wonder. And that's why God throughout the new Testament and old Testament, he's like, just come to me, look at me. Like, like, because then you will feel that awe and wonder. You'll see how big this is instead of being mired in this is day-to-day stuff where we feel stuck, where we feel hopeless a lot of times because you're doing the same laundry and the same things every day, you know? Yeah. It's that idea that, you know, when Peter walks on the water, it's when his eyes are on Jesus, he's good. He starts seeing the waves. Not so good. Starts good. sinking. And it's the same thing for us. You know, that, that talking that, that line, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. And it's all small stuff. <laughs> right. When, be, Isn't that a bumper sticker? Probably. <laughs> Bumper sticker theology. <laughs> that should be a podcast. That should be a podcast. <laughs> but you, I love that that imagery because it's so easy to get stuck in that laundry day to day, chauffeuring the kids around, doing the things, and to forget that we are part of a large. And that's that idea, but we because we talk about that sort of thing a lot. We talk about larger story bigger picture, sort of capitalized letters, you know, larger story concept. But I think it's, it's really hard to see it. You know, when your head is down, just Mm. looking at this next step on the path that you're taking, you're just like, I can't even look up. I can't see the, I, I took my son out yesterday, my 19 year old and it, the thunderstorm had just rolled through like eight, eight 30 sun's setting. Everything's completely still. There's a chill in the air. Driving out in the boat. Got his head on the phone. Dude, stop looking at your phone because you're missing this. Like just the fact that I'm not sweating my butt off for five minutes in (laughs) South Carolina. That's a little bit of impossible. That's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, and I love that time of day. Lake's completely still. And the, 
clouds. It's it's darkening, but it's not dark. And it's just, it was gorgeous. But I was like, you're missing it. And and I think we, as adults, because we think if we look up, we're going to miss it. Because what we see is, going back to that Peter Pan concept, we see all the stuff that sucks about being an adult. We're like, oh, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. But then where's the wonder in the moment? Miss it. Yeah, a, a great example of that from the movie and we were talking about it before we started recording was when the mom comes home and Gertie's been playing with ET and she's like, Hey mom. And, and, and I wrote it down. Like she doesn't see ET the whole time. Right. Like ET is in the room. An alien from another world is in the room and Gertie is trying to talk to her mother about this. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I got to put the dish. I want to introduce you to the man from the moon. I want to introduce you to the man from the moon. And she, but I think you killed him because she (laughs) She she hits him with the, with the refrigerator (laughs) door. But, but again, show don't tell. What what does that scene tell us is that we can get so wrapped up in the minutia of life. Not that you don't need to get groceries. We need to eat like this stuff needs to happen, but seek first the kingdom. Like you're a part of a bigger story. And, and one of the things that I, love to talk to people about is this thing because I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think sometimes we think, well, that's for the dreamers and the philosophers and the poets and the, like, like for the creative the rainbow connection. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. No, is like, it's for the pastors to think about the big picture. I, I got, I got junk to do. I, I got work to go to. I got like, they can sit around and read the Bible all day. I got stuff to do. I got yards to mow. I got, I got yards bills to, to pay. I got and, managers to please. Yeah. But Jesus didn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and the things you worry about, you shouldn't worry about. Like instead of worrying about what you're going to eat and where, that's actually what unbelievers do. That's the curse. That's, that's you participating in the curse when you worry about that. He's, he was talking to poor people, half of which were probably illiterate. And he's saying, you get to be a part of the revolution. Like, pay attention to that. Like, like seek that kingdom, that heavenly kingdom and his righteousness, doing what's right in relationship to that revelation of what the kingdom of heaven is bring heaven to earth by how you act. And then God will take care of the other stuff. And, 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 and again, that's what you see in the movie is that by the end, it's, there's so much on wonder is that it's like, what does all this other stuff matter? You know? And what you just said, I think is, that's what the pagans do. They worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, all this stuff. But seek first the kingdom. But and Jesus says this, and, I, and I'm going to probably frustrate some people here in a minute. But when you think about it, he's saying, "What can you? You can't add a minute of minute to your life. You can't grow taller by an inch. You can't, you know, you can't become taller just by wishing or worrying it. What can you accomplish by worrying?" He's like, "Tomorrow has enough problems on its own." And that's when he says the seek first the kingdom. And what does I think James says, right? James or Peter says, cast your cares on him. Right. Where you think, we think of sin. We think of, 
pride. We think of lying. We think of infidelity. We think of all this stuff. What if worry is a sin? Because the way Jesus talks about it, basically by worrying, you're saying, I don't trust God to be God. And you're saying he knows, but doesn't care. Because that's what, that's another thing Jesus says. Like Jesus says, God, your father in heaven knows you need this stuff. And he loves you. He loves you. Which one of you, if you ask for bread, will give him a rock or fish and he'll give you a serpent. Like if you were evil, give give, good. good, If you who are evil, give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly, heavenly father give to you? Look at the sparrows. Look how beautiful they are. Look at the flowers. He's, he's like, aren't you worth more to God than them? Like, he's not saying that those, that the sparrow and the flower doesn't have any worth. He's saying you have more, you're made in his image. You are eternal. Don't you think he knows and cares? That's what you're saying when you worry. When you worry, you, you are saying, number one, you're saying I can provide for myself, which you can't. <laughs> number two, <laughs> you're saying, that God knows, but he, either God doesn't know, or he knows and he doesn't care. And I'm, and, and it's really up to me. And if you believe a lie that any more than lying, I mean, I, I like if you're, if you're thinking from a logical standpoint, believing something that you know to be a lie is the same as telling a lie. Well, a lie is at the root of every sin. There's a lie at the root of every sin, yeah. which, which is why it's really important that we, we remember that you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free, right? Because righteousness is based on knowing the truth. I'm being one with and, and having the revelation of the truth. That's where righteousness comes from. It doesn't come from me choosing to do what's right. It's for me aligning my thoughts according to what's, what's real. But, but, that's, but at the root of it was a lie, beginning in the garden and continuing on yeah. until now. That's what Jesus said. He was a liar from the beginning. Father of lies. Father of lies. You know, it's the, that thing. You know when the devil is lying? Because his lips are moving. <laughs> and we listen to so much of this. And I, I want to go back because you mentioned the, you know, the sparrows and the flowers. Flowers is a really important key piece of this movie because as as we talk about as a piece of the gospel, miracles are happening. Yeah. Instead comes to life. Yeah. Cut finger. All these things. Oh, and that's another way this movie is like the gospel story, but we'll get there. But I wanted to talk about because this idea that what you see is it's not that those things are unimportant. And we see that in this movie, too, because of their connection. Elliot's going to school. They're about to (laughs) they're about to dissect some frogs. I love it. But because of their connection, their union, basically. It's like, no, these frogs have value. All life has value. Well, specifically, what does he say to the frogs when he lets them go? Go back to your home. He says, go back to the river, go back to the woods, go back to your home. But what was, he was connected with E.T. What was E.T. feeling? Where did E.T. want to go? Back to his home, right? So it's, again, it's that connection Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying we have this longing to go home? Is that what? (laughs) But but I'm saying specifically in that scene, Elliot was acting according, he was acting from a connection with E.T. He wasn't just, it wasn't like, well, you know, people tell me in order to be nice, I should set frogs free and send them home. That, 
it wasn't a moral obligation, sort of, it was a moral choice, but the moral choice was based on a connection to a person, which from another world that, that opened his eyes to say, oh, and, and I don't even know if he realized that's exactly what he was doing, but I wrote that down too in my notes because Elliot says, go back to the river is great. <laughs> right. And he's drunk and stuff too, which is funny. <laughs> but, but, but again, that's the same f- way for us. Like if we're going to change the way we behave, it has, to, it has to come from a change in our focus. It has to come from a change of revelation and, and who and what we're connected to, which is why the Lord's Prayer starts out our Father who art in heaven, who, where are you? You're our Father, right? It's, it's all about where it comes from. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I get to ask for food. Now that I've, now that I've aligned everything to reality, now I can ask, feed me, please. Yeah. You know, like I get kind of hungry, you know. now. And but, in a lot of ways, that's just more us recognizing where in fact every, yes, every absolutely. dollar comes like, you know, when we, when we give tithe, I'm not, uh, what I'm realizing is hundred percent of it's yours. You've just asked for 10% back okay. to, to reinvest in the kingdom, to put first the kingdom, put first the kingdom as a, as a symbol, right. That it's really all his anyway. Right. It's a way of stating who are you really in. Yeah. Where yeah. is your allegiance lie? Yeah. Is, it, is it, are you trusting yourself and your financial bank account or are you trusting God who gave you the job, who keeps you healthy, keeps you in work, who does all these things? And so, yeah, you're, you're doing this anyway. So this whole thing, the interesting thing, and I think this is kind of the gateway back to the conversation about the, the gospel, but this idea of the union, E.T. and Elliot are somehow unified. They, they talk with each other. They communicate with each other. With, they know something about each other to the point Elliot even says, but we are sick. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting towards the end, uh, which I think the worst, the scariest scene is, is E.T. white and face down, face up in the river. Oh, but no, he's just right. like, that's, that freaked me out when I was seven. It freaked me out a little, even at 47. <laughs> but... But in, in order in order for Elliot to live, E.T. had to die. Mm-hmm. There had to be that separation. They were because they were both going downhill. By the way, that code they ran on E.T. as they do as he's as he's dying and all this, it was very, very accurate, very oh, cool. medically correct. They, they they did a lot of things that they would actually it looked like what happens in the hospital. Oh. All the chaos, all the yelling. Yeah. Except not an alien, as far as I know, as far as I'm allowed to tell. <laughs> I, I might have gotten flashy thingied. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sign an NDA at, yeah, at some point? Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> That's part of the NDA. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea that, that the union, and when you look at this came to do, gospel, it's a, he talks about union, talks about John, when he's getting ready to go to the cross, and he's thanking the Father for being in him. And then he thanks, he's like, I am in them, and you are in me in them. It's like we're walking around with God in our hearts. Is the thing I've been saying is the temple is now in our hearts. 
If you look at the Old Testament version of the temple, that's where God rests. That's where the glory of God was. And we don't hear that frequently, that the for the the believed, for the believer's heart, your heart is now the temple of God. And that doesn't mean like you need to watch what you're doing. It doesn't mean you need, well, you know, I gotta gotta curb my behavior because of what you had said earlier. It's not trying to make a stone heart beat. Mm. You're trying to make a good heart, a heart where the glory of God rests, do what it's designed to do. And it's not, I mean, there is some discipline to it, but it's not like people are like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. Like they make these fences. They're grownups, right? Yeah. It's, it's work. It's duty. It's obligation. It's tasks. What the kingdom is. But the gospel is it's union with God yeah. and he gives you entirely new desires to pursue that kingdom. Well, that's the discipline. There is a discipline, but that's the discipline. The discipline is, are you in him? Are you with him? Are you walking by the spirit? There's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he qualifies what that means. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Our Lord, those who walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. In other words, it's a very, it's a very simple discipline. Because worry is by the flesh. Worry is by the flesh. So, so the measure, the fruit is what we do. So you can, they will be known by their fruit. You can, right, if someone does something that's wrong, right. you, you, you don't get to say, God told me to do that. I'm just sorry. I'm, you know, like, that's obvious, right? You don't know. God told me to beat my kid. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> but he, at the same time, there's a whole wide range of possibilities, even within righteousness, of what you can do, of what God might lead you to do. And so it might look like a moral, it looks moral, it looks like a decision, like you will decide. But the root of it is, the discipline at the root of it is, is I'm, my eyes are on him, like you said with Peter in the water, on the walking on water. My, my focus is him, am I in him? Am I resting in him? Am I trusting in him? Where's my trust? Where's my, those are the questions that you examine yourselves, right? To see, am I still in the faith? Which a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I go to church. Like, no, examine yourself, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like where, who am I trusting and where am I trusting? And, and, but, but it is interesting that again, there's so many, which we should probably just kind of maybe start from the beginning at some point and go through just how this movie basically steals the story of the gospel. <laughs> like, All right. like it, I don't, I'm not saying steal is as if like, it's a bad thing, but from beginning to end, it basically follows the story of Jesus. And just to tell people the gospel is a story. It's, it isn't simply a set of doctrines. There are doctrines that are part of the gospel, but the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were stories. They were narratives to say, this is what happened. And this is a story of what happened. And, and what did Jesus call them? You are my witnesses. Now they needed the Holy spirit to continue to be a witness. But, but part of it was like, you saw what happened. You need to go tell people what happened, you know, and they took that very seriously, uh, obviously throughout Acts and, and, and church history. And so, so when I say that ET is like the gospel, I mean, specifically the story of the narrative of Jesus's life from 
arriving from another world in, and then, and, but, and then coming not to authorities, authorities who were looking for him and just like with Harry was and, saying, I, I've been, I had an experience. I've been looking for him I've since I was 10, since I, you know, and, but it starts with this being coming from another world and coming here, but not revealing himself to authorities. He reveals himself to the innocent, to the child at heart, to the broken, to the, to the fatherless. Like he chooses. And Elliot says this throughout the movie. He came to me. Like, think about over and over, over and over. He came to me. He came came to me. Like the woman at the well, he came to me. He came to me. He could have come to anybody else in the whole wide world, but he came to me. And, and that's the amazing thing about Jesus is that how he makes, that's how he makes everybody feel. But, <laughs> but, but when Jesus came, he wasn't, he wasn't a priest. He wasn't the high priest. He wasn't a scribe. He wasn't a Pharisee. He wasn't like, he starts talking and they're like, what school did this guy go to? Who, where did he come from? Nazareth? What can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, like, like he, he, but he didn't. And he talks about like, blessed are you because God didn't reveal this to the wise and the, and the rich and the wealthy. He, 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 he's giving it to the, to you and not because of how good you are, but because you were committed and you stuck with me and suffer the little, don't, don't keep the kids away. This is the kingdom. Like, unless you're like a child, unless you're you like a child, can't so enter the kingdom. I, I wrote down that it takes innoc- the innocence of a child to discover something new. It takes the innocence of a child to discover something new. It's it's not about being naive necessarily, because Elliot wasn't naive. I wrote that down too. Elliot wasn't naive, just like just like James and John and those guys weren't necessarily naive. But with the wonder, they became they had to learn. But, but Elliot says, they're just going to cut them up. If they find them, they're just going to cut them up. Right. Cause he knew the frogs. He knew. Yeah. Well, well, there's the frogs, but there's just, it's just, this is how the world works. The world's broken. And, and we know that these people in authority aren't always who they should be. And if they get a hold of Jesus, you know, like the, the wise men, right. Don't go back to Herod. <laughs> he says, they'll find you. They'll cut him up. <laughs> if, if they find him, they'll cut him up. Or even the disciple, go back there, we're going to die. Right. And at some point he chooses. Right. That's where I got to go. But, but just that, just from that beginning and, and, and as you get into it, there's, their communication has to start happening where it just starts with simple words. It starts out with, but then the message is revealed, which is I'm from a different world. I'm from somewhere else. I'm not from here. And they, and that brings the kids together. Just like, I'm sorry, you've got a tax collector, the guy who worked for the oppressor. Right. And then you've got uh, the Simon the Zealot, right. who was the social justice warrior. Basically a terrorist. A, basically a terrorist <laughs> fighting against the system. You had one guy who worked for the system and one guy who was willing to kill to be free of the system, probably targeted taxpayers in probably his mission. And Jesus brings them together. He says, come to me. Like, this is it like that. There's so much wonder that those two, those, those two extremes is not that they don't exist. 
is that they're they're oh, able, there's no extremes. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's is that <laughs> they're able to they're able to find unity in that. It's so it's so it's such a much bigger story that now you can find unity in it. That the the tax collector doesn't have to become a social justice warrior, and the social justice warrior doesn't have to become a tax collector, but they both have to become like heaven. And and that's and and but you see that with with the older brother who's just always yelling at him, and he's promised me, swear to it, as your yeah. brother, I'm the one in charge. <laughs> you um, have the power, yes. And <laughs> and then. And then with Gertie too, like he, going to play in Elliot's room. He, he, he That's brings, weird. <laughs> he brings these people together and he, and he ends up bringing by the end of the movie, he ends up bringing uh, Dungeoners, Dungeon and Dragons kids, the Dungeons and Dragons kids, the, the, who I call the Nicodemus character keys, Jeez. who I think he's like the Nicodemus who's part of the system, but he's, he really has a heart for the kingdom and a heart for something real and childlike he talks about himself as a child like this is yeah. it brings out the childlike in him and the mom it, it it brings all these all these different characters together the wonder of this thing and et does miracles he heals people i mean i'm just saying like as i started to see this as i was watching the movie this last time i was like that's jesus he's healing people he's moving stuff around and He's um, he's connecting with people beyond the physical, and there's just so much to it. And, and but the the main message is this is this is temporary. I'm going I'm going away. I'm not going to be here forever. And you know and and then because the supernatural can't last very long here. That's it wasn't meant to be here. Um, it was meant to redeem what's here, but not. Oh, and like, like you said, the flowers bloom and, and the, the scientists asked the question, are you saying he changed, he was able to manipulate his own environment? I loved that line. That's what Jesus did. Jesus manipulated his yeah. own environment. He was like, no, no, the environment doesn't manipulate me. I manipulate the environment. That's a sign that you're from another world. Um, just, there's so much to it. We can stop there and talk about any of that, but it's just like, as we go through the movie, there was just so much. And I, I wanted to focus in on, on that piece where the supernatural comes in, changes, manipulates the environment. That's, that was the scene that people love from chosen. All I know is I was one way, right? Jesus. I met Jesus and everything is changed because back to that, that idea of worry and putting first the kingdom. If I've got a heart of stone, Throughout the Old Testament, really. Sure. If I have a heart of stone, I let me flip this around. If I have a heart of flesh, putting first the kingdom is actually easy. It comes more naturally. I find life from it. It's like it's almost like a, a you know, one of those flywheels. But like the more you do it, the more you want to do it, and just sort of the momentum increases. If I don't. It's impossible. We try because that, that you had mentioned the eyes on Peter with his eyes on Jesus. If my eyes are on Jesus, walking on the waves is easy. If they're not, it's impossible. But right. we try to do the impossible without looking at Jesus. And we get frustrated because we're like, no, I'm trying to do this. But it's because we're trying to do it in our way, in our fashion. 
but it's, we, we look to the external, we look at the other things to try to, to manipulate the environment, yeah. to go back to that phrase to like, Oh, I want to escape. You know, they're, they're running from the cops or they're, they're doing this. But the only thing that happens, escape is impossible unless ET lifts them above the cops. Right. Yeah. Unless, and that's the, the tension that we experience. The life that we want is impossible, but it's not just possible, but it's natural and it pulls us. And it's, I mean, it was easy. I mean, they're up there on their bikes floating in the air. That was easy for them compared to running through the neighborhoods. And that's what life is when we live a life with union with Christ. The more we find ourselves in union with him, life actually becomes easier. Whereas if we try it without him, it's it's impossible. Yeah. Well, you know, another one of Jesus's quotes, right? Because it was talking about the rich man and the eye of a needle and all that stuff. And they're like, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, well, with man, (laughs) it's impossible. Right. With your strength. Not enough sacrifice, not enough. There's yeah. not enough. You, you can't kill enough bulls to make this happen. Like you can't kill enough sheep. You can't, you can't be clean enough and scrub your skin enough. Like you can't do enough. But with God, he just doesn't say salvation is possible. He says all things right. are now possible. And that's part of that story too. Like we go like with Alan Arnold, like that's what he's, he's, inviting us into this other story. And when you start to participate in that other story and, and you, and you start hang on, hang on, flying hang on. around because I want you to, to expand into this because what is, what is his story? One that Elliot could have chosen that would have led to a lesser story. He would have reported the alien or he could have, not, not waited out, not gone to the Reese's Pieces not trail. Gone to the Reese's Pieces. He could have done a lot of things that normal kids, people, human beings do. That would have been, yeah, right. There's nothing. There's nothing out there. It must be a coyote. Yeah, and he leaves it at that. Oh, they're making fun of me. I'm maybe I didn't see anything. Right, but he he holds on to the. No, I saw something. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't what it's when the supernatural touches your life possible changes and manipulates him. And, and, and you're, and he does participate in it. Like the Reese's pieces is he's like, come on, man. I want more of that. Right. I, 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 it, it awakened something within me that not the TV, not the pizza, not the dungeons and dragons, not every, something of everyday life, but something Touching me from another. The rest world. of it didn't matter. The rest of it, didn't and it just matter. mattered. Was ET? I, I got a, f- but he didn't know who what it was. Who right. it was? I mean, he just right. Even at, at that stage, he hasn't met him he, yet. All he knew was, I got to. I got to see what this is about. Are you going to leave me too? Jesus says, and I said, Where else can we go? Like, what else is there? Like, you're you're trying to compare heaven with this world. Like, yeah, it's hard. But what, what else we got, man? And that's what we do. We look for life in all these places. We look for life in work, our kids, with our marriage, in church, in ministry. You look for life in all these other places, and all you do is find yourself empty. Yeah. Because without him, it's not hard. It's impossible. But with him, 
life is not only possible, can't stop. Like, like, like uh, Jeff Goldblum, life uh, finds a way. Life finds a way. <laughs> and, and it does. Uh, I have at least two kids to prove that. No, but we... <laughs> At least two. At least, well, but we, when we when we look at when we when we look at this and that it ends up pulling all these other people into the story. Keys it pulls him into the story, and like like why didn't Keys bring all the other authorities with him at the end of the movie? Why was it just him? Right. Like they don't tell us. Uh, you know. By the way, going back to your whole narrative. You, you mean know, dad? <laughs> But the whole narrative exposition, like at no point would we have needed a, like a little voiceover aliens are do this. And they like, they have to explain anything, right? You know, at no point was that ever needed. Well, these were a certain branch of the government who, you know, like I I didn't, we didn't need that. Right. I mean, they're from this distant planet beyond the moon where they were simply scientists and had nothing to be feared. They're a non-warlike, but uh, and one of the things I saw this time too was at the very beginning of the movie, you see what life is like on the ship and, and the plants look different and the environment's different. Like it's a, it's a different, he's showing us it's a different world. Even on the ship, it's a different world. And even by the fact that how do they communicate with, with the red with their glowing heart? heart. Again, it's, but it's light again. There's, there's symbolism within that light was coming from the heart and that's how they were communicating with one another. But then, but just like he kind of warns ET, well, he doesn't warn, but Jesus warns that he's not long for this world. And he literally is, you know, his death leads to life because, you know, uh, ET, as ET is dying, then Elliot is sick too. But that's, but see, that's what Jesus did. Jesus entered a dying world and died with it. He literally died with the world and chose to do that. And, and through that death, there was life that was given to other, to us and, you know, it's very biblical, right? And so, but you see that with, with ET and then there's grief. Like they put him in a, a, a coffin. They put him in a, a, not a cave, but a tomb almost looking thing. And, and it, and it's, and they have grief. And, and Elliot says, I'll always believe. Like, why would he say that? Harkening back to Peter. You believe in fairies and got to clap your hands. Clap your hands. and, And then, and then just when you think the story's over, you get a little, hint of the flower right of the wait a minute oh maybe they're coming they're coming like it's happening oh no oh no (laughs) home home (laughs) he's like quiet et quiet (laughs) and and then you have you literally have death and resurrection because they declared him dead the scientists yeah i'm a death i'm a death they declared him dead then they tried hard and i wrote that down too is that it doesn't matter how hard we try is that we can't bring what's dead to life. I, I don't care how great Again, in our own effort, it's impossible. But what it took was that reconnection with another world for ET to bring him to life. And then, and then it's just like the Ascension at the end of the gospels. They, they, they take him back to, 
the nature to the woods. I mean, there's so much symbolism with what's going on. And he commissions them. And then E.T. commissions them at the end, especially Elliot. And his commission to Gertie is be good. Like, that's a great commission. Like, go out, <laughs> do the things I've taught you. Like, be good. Okay, she says. <laughs> and then and then also to uh, the older brother, he says, thank you, which I thought was awesome. And then there's that moment. It was the, well, the, the saddest part to me is where he says, come. And Elliot says, stay. Like, that's not what this is. I have to go. You have to stay. That's not our home. That's not, but, but now you're forever changed. Now go live it. Like go like that was kind of his commission. You've been forever changed. And I love that that was the end of the movie. Like they didn't have to show like, what was life like tomorrow? 10 years later, <laughs> they just, Elliot Tedrick rehab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's in a psych ward. No, really there was, a, I saw this guy, but, but, He's in the mom ended up getting married and having four <laughs> right, more kids. Right. But just, just how, how much it impacted everybody in the, in, in that scene. And even a lot of the kids who their hearts were turned, but, but again, what turned it? It's like, and we get to be a part of this adventure with an alien and we fly like. We're going to get chased by the cops. <laughs> sure. Sure. Sign me up. But. That's what God's inviting us into is that story where he's saying, look, I, I've come from heaven to earth and then I went back, but, but I'm leaving this story that you can continue on and, and keep it going because, and, and, but you have to live it from a changed mind and a changed heart. That's what I got from the end of the movie. And he did it with light again, with light, his finger lit up and he hit his, he hit his forehead. Like your, your thinking has changed. Your thinking has to change because I can't go back now. I, now that I know this other world exists, what can I do? Like, I, I can't deny it anymore, which is kind of where Elliot is, but it leads to adventure and it's not always fun, right? Going through the death and the grief and oh, all, it's the, painful. Yeah. all the stuff that they went through in the movie just like Alan Arnold says, like that's part of story too, as well. Like you're also going to be entering into pain that you wouldn't have chosen to probably. And the pain of others, the pain of, of grief of watching people walk away when you love them. I mean, there's all sorts of grief and pain and sorrow. Like Jesus did. He was a man of sorrows, but he's also anointed with joy uh, far above anyone else. And, and that's what, and that's the story that, that, the characters in the movie found and participated in each to their own degree. Um, even the, even the older brother jerk, even the mom, like they all participated in it by the end. And that's what he's doing with us. And I just, by the end of it, I texted Paul and I was like, he stole from the Bible. He just stole <laughs> the whole story from the. Tell us what we talk about with this podcast that every great story steals its power from the gospel. Right. And I'd like that. I'm really glad Brit. Britt left me the the final thing. And what I want to say about the story two, the story, story one is, is predictable. It's, it's obvious. Typically it's formulaic, but there's three M's of the second story. Mystery. You don't know what's going to happen, 
but we sort of expect a miracle. Expect Jesus to show up and something supernatural to happen. And then the other part, it's, it's always going to be messy. There's always, I mean, even look at Jesus' life, as you mentioned, through the Gospels, it's messy. Whether it's dirty, just from the fact that he talks about not having a home, but being surrounded by people. The mess of, of Lazarus and Mary and Martha and the, the fact that, you know, hears about Lazarus being sick, so he waits two more days to leave. That's messy, right? It's messy to be leaving. It's messy to touch a leper. It's, I mean, literally, it's unclean because typically when, when unclean touches clean, the clean becomes unclean. But Jesus flips that and he's like, no, when I, when I touch unclean, going back to the glowy finger, mm-hmm. when I touch the unclean, unclean becomes clean. And the last line of the movie, which if you don't tear up, you're dead inside. <laughs> I'll be right here. And that's the promise. Like Jesus may be gone. Yeah, he is. I, maybe not. Maybe that's a, probably he's, he's, he's in heaven. He's a fair place for us. There's a whole other cool Jewish bridegroom story and, and tradition with that. That's super powerful to think about that. We're not going to get into today, but I'll be right here. And that's what Jesus says is I'll be right here. I've left you the comforter spirit. Talked a lot about living in the spirit being in union with the spirit because the spirit connects us with Jesus and Jesus connects us to the father. And that's how the impossible becomes possible is through that connection, through the union with Christ, through deeper union, because the more we become connected, the less it becomes about tradition, past formula, smaller story. And the more our eyes are open to the wonder that's around us, wonder of Jesus, the mystery, the miracles, and the mess. This world we lives in, live in is a mess, yeah. but we're called to bring Jesus, to bring the light, to become the healing touch, the world around us. Yeah. And, and in the movie, that doesn't disconnect people from each other. It connects them. Right. Like, I don't want to make it sound like it's so mystical. We're not aware of what's going on around us. It just, it just filters it from a different perspective. And now we can enter the mess. Like you said, with Jesus at Lazarus's grave, it would have been much cleaner for him to just show up and heal him. And he never died or not even show up. I mean, he's, he healed people from a long range three pointer. (laughs) All right. He healed. But but he allowed a mess to take place so he could come into the mess and reveal something much bigger. And when light shines in the darkness, right? There's a great light that shines in the darkness and, and, and darkness can't do anything. And mess can't do anything because the darkness doesn't have substance. It's the light that has substance. And, and so, yeah. And it's what you, what you said earlier, our response, Jesus is God doesn't know or he knows and doesn't care. What if our response in those situations was did this so that through this mess, he can clean it up. The, the disciples, was it, was it this, they see a blind guy. Was it his parents or this guy that sinned and made him blind? Like neither. They did nothing wrong, but this guy's been blind for decades. Like, but so that the glory of God can be revealed. Well, and let's make it really practical about what's going on, at least in our country right now. Is what nine percent inflation? 
you know, high, all kind of stuff going on a division and people hating on each other. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's a way forward where we are a light in the midst of that, where we reveal that we're from another world, but it's not going to happen by using the same tools that everybody else is using. We're, we, we have, it's to, not going to happen with narrative exposition <laughs> telling. It's not going to happen with, let me tell you about the gospel. Like it's you, part of it is showing the gospel. Part of it is revealing the gospel and this is the light and let's, and, and you have to go and engage the mess and God allow has allowed it for whatever reason, but it definitely is a, an opportunity. And I believe, and I have seen as I've seen time and time again, the church, the people of God have resources during these times that where did they come from? I know where they came from, but they use those resources to help others and chose to, instead of constricting and hiding and, and not engaging the world, even in their own pain, being fatherless and the guys in Mexico or whatever, like even in their own pain, they, they try to help others. They try to further the big story and they got, they got such a blessing out of that. That's, that's why I love that the movie ends right there. It would have ruined it to go any further because the movie was so powerful. You had no doubt their lives were changed the rest of the way. And, and that's, that's what we can do. Light shines brightest in the dark. So this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about E.T., the extraterrestrial, just in case you wondered what E.T. stands for. It's right there on the poster. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the uh, summer blockbuster series. If you're wondering, well, wait, what about your YouTube channel? Well, Britt and I are recording together here in the same room. We don't have the video capability. Paul hasn't figured that out yet. Britt's working on it on his own jam, but he's working to get together to figure that stuff out. But we don't want to leave you hanging. So there is a special one-off. I talked to Sarah Daniels who did the uh, Terminator podcast with me. Uh, she's got the last Starfighter. We've got that episode coming up soon. She and I talked about E.T., why she loved it, her favorite scene, but more importantly, her least favorite scene. So it's, it's a powerful, pretty short conversation for being as, as kind of powerful and as touching some, some of those deep spots as it, as it did, did. So check it out, go to our YouTube channel at minute, the movies, uh, and, and Sarah and I are going to talk about, uh, talk about ET on that. Cause we didn't want to leave you hanging here at the end of, end of July. So enjoy your summer. Uh, Britt and I are going to go head out on the lake. It's catch some waves, not surfing. <laughs> And I uh, hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Who am I to be?